Hello, welcome to Calls with Your Kinky Bestie. I'm Emma. I am a submissive and mentor for fellow kinksters. This podcast is all about insights into kinky life and dating, um, sharing my personal experience and stories, and help share mindset shifts too to get you into a confident space, um, more confident than you are now. So get ready. It all starts now. Hey everybody, welcome back, I'm back, yay. Um, I'm so sorry for my audio last week. I was like listening to the episodes recently um, and whoa, they were a lot quieter than I thought. So I learned my lesson, I'm using my laptop. Um, and also if someone has, you know, if you like a, if you have a microphone that you like that works with like not an iPhone phone, cause I don't know, I just live the Android lifestyle. like. Send me a little, a cute little link. That would be nice. Um, <laughs> you, you'll hear my Instagram handle sprinkled throughout this post um, and like in the show description and other ways to reach me and stuff. So yeah. Anyways, hi. Um, other fun things that happened this week. Um, I had some drama getting my ADHD medication because right now in the US there's um, a nationwide shortage, which people were commenting that it's not nationwide anymore, like other countries are having issues. So I'm so sorry if you take, um, you know, ADHD meds or any meds that are facing a shortage. It is really a stressful situation. And I don't know why they make this way harder than it needs to be. Um, but <laughs> I made a little video like sharing, um, you know, about that experience uh, and like a helpful tip I found. So yeah, follow me on Instagram if you haven't already. Um, oh, which brings me to another thing I wanted to kind of like, I guess, brainstorm is I'm considering like trying out other social media or just like contact platforms because I know with Instagram and with a lot of social media, like not only is there censorship from Instagram that we have to like tiptoe around, which is a little annoying, but like whatever. Um, but there's also the issue of like, you know, some people are not like openly kinky in their life and aren't wanting to like follow kink accounts. So I get a lot of like, you know, people reaching out to me privately who aren't even willing to like like a post without their friends seeing and stuff, which is tough because, you know, I've been there before and I get that. So like what are other, you know, platforms that we could use to do this? Um, I've been thinking about creating like an email newsletter that maybe I actually, you know, send out every week with like, here's the link to the latest podcast and like stuff I've been posting um, and things like that so that you just get it to like your email inbox and it's like private and not like, you know, everyone who has ever followed you online has to know what you're looking at. Um, I've also looked into Discord as an option, but Milo. Okay, so I've also looked into Discord as an option because there's so much flexibility with it. Um, but there's FetLife too, which I like the idea, but also I know that like that's a whole other barrier where like, yes, there's a ton of privacy with it, but also like there's a lot of intimidation for like people who are new to kink. Or also it's just, it's kind of hard to use because they don't have an app, so you kind of have to get on the website. And yeah, so we'll see, but I would love to hear ideas. If you can find a way to comment or reach out to me, send me an email or find me on Instagram or something and tell me what you'd like to see. I'd love that. Oh, you know what? I'll create a poll for this episode. So answer the poll. It'll be in the show notes or whatever. Yeah. 
okay, let me make a note to myself to do that. <laughs> okay, which leads me on to today's actual topic, which is about ADHD diagnosis and what the process was like for me so that I can share my little story. Because, um, yeah, there are some questions that came up around it with that Instagram post. So um, first things first, the ways that ADHD has presented in my life and through childhood, um, I'm definitely on like the hyperactive spectrum, even though I know that they don't even like, at least in the States, don't diagnose ADHD that way of like, you know, uh, the two types of hyperactive or inattentive. That's just not really a thing anymore. Like they're both kind of symptoms. Um, but yeah, I always presented as like a super high energy, super impulsive, loud, uh, kid. And it usually made me like, you know, like the, the kind of least favorite or favorite in the room, uh, depending on who you talked to. Um, I also really struggled between like, I would kind of flex between being like the absolute perfect student who would get everything done when I was super, you know, engaged in a topic. Um, or also like, or just depending on the season of life I was in. So I'd like flex between like being straight A all the way, even though I was, you know, procrastinating my assignments till the last day or sometimes right before class, like I was still getting it done, smart enough to, you know, get good grades on it and stuff. Um, but I would flex between that and just like totally like zoning out of reality and basically being like a total failure. <laughs> Um, and this is something that even like followed me through college where like I would have a, you know, through the beginning of the year, I would do really well in classes and like, you know, really get on the, the good side of my professors who wanted to see me do succeed, wanted to see me succeed. But then like by the end of it, I just had lost so much interest that like, you know, I was getting really horrible grades and there's been, you know, more than a, a couple situations where like I should not have either passed a, a class or gotten as high of a grade on it as I should have. But because, you know, my professors were like gracious and like had seen me perform so well and knew that like this was not, you know, indicative of anything other than the fact that I have unmedicated, undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> um, like this has just been like a trend throughout my life. Um, another thing that, uh, it, it, you know, like women and, you know, females or, you know, biological females tend to be really strong maskers of their ADHD symptoms, um, which was definitely me. Like, I definitely didn't want to show any weakness and I wanted to be like accepted by everybody. So I would really like, you know, hide the things I was struggling with. And sometimes I would wonder if like the things I was struggling with were actually real because like I knew that I could perform when I was really interested in something. It was just whenever I was no longer interested in it, like I could not perform because I didn't want to. So I always thought it was an issue like of just like my will and something I needed to like figure out myself and not like an actual like, you know, mental disorder, um, which I know now is, you know, more, more about our society rather than anything, you know, wrong with me and just the way things are set up and stuff. But like, you know, it was challenging to grow up in the society that we, you know, that I grew up in with these things going on for me. So um, pretty, pretty early on in my life, I was seeing like um, healthcare, like mental health providers um, for like totally unrelated things. Um, just I had like a lot of family with my, my trauma and like divorced parents and things like that. And like, you know, I had, you know, I have a parent with um, an addiction problem. Um, who's also has some other, you know, things going on. So I was just, you know, usually had help around. Um, and it was actually mentioned to me, like, at least twice that I can, like, you know, remember an exact date and a way it was said, but it might have even come up more, like, 
it's been mentioned to me by healthcare providers that like I present as having ADHD symptoms. Um, and I was even told once by a psychiatrist that like, you know, well, you are presenting these symptoms, but you're also managing your life in a way that people with ADHD usually do. And it sounds like it's not affecting your schoolwork because you're, you know, in college and things like that. So we can talk about it if it's a problem, but right now it doesn't seem to be a problem is what I was told because like, yeah, I have really high, I guess, high functioning ADHD, even though like behind the, behind the door, the closed doors, like my home was a wreck and I really had a hard time doing things on time and getting places on time and just managing my life and things. But, you know, I think also part of that is just like transitioning um, between, you know, as a, as an adolescent, um, you have a, a lot of support getting you places and making sure you're there on time and motivated and waking up and stuff versus like whenever you transition into like adulthood. And like, for me, that was whenever I was in college, like going from having a lot of like accountability around me to like nothing and like self-managing. Um, like I wasn't sure how much of this was like my brain versus just like, oh, this is a hard thing to do. And this is like a life transition thing. So all that was really lovely. Um, <laughs> but in like my last um, like year and a half of college, um, when I was actually like living alone um, and was really like struggling to complete this degree and just like carry out the, the motivation to make it all the way through to the end, um, I decided to like really get serious about finding a diagnosis. Also, it was like popping up online all the time. Like people were talking about their ADHD symptoms and I was seeing it a lot and realizing, oh, this is not just me and my quirky little brain personality. Like this is a, a mental health thing that I'm struggling with and that there's like solutions for so that I can, you know, perform better at work and at school and stuff. Cause like I would get, you know, performance issues at work and at school and stuff. So, um, yeah, I decided to take, you know, take that into, oh my God, I just decided to make it a priority in my life that I was going to get the diagnosis so I could know what was actually going on and get medication. Um, like if in that process and being diagnosed, it was recommended to me, you know, I wanted to try it out and see what the options were. So, okay, little breakdown, we have some water, um, and then I'll tell you what that diagnosis process was like and medication and things. Just a little break to share that if you are loving this podcast and my content, um, if I'm someone you could see yourself working with, but you're wanting more direct support for your specific situation, I do offer mentorship. Um, it's personalized to you, private um, video or phone calls with me so you can chat about your situation um, and figure out a solution that's going to work for you. You can visit my website. It is kinkybestie.com slash mentorships to see what's available and to book in your spot on my calendar. Uh, it's kinky with a Y at the end and bestie with an IE at the end. Um, the link will be in the show notes so you can check it out there. Back to the show. Okay, so when I decided I was really going to pursue ADHD diagnosis, I discovered all the lovely, not so lovely challenges that tend to pop up for adults going through this process. Um, because it really does, you know, seem to be be quite easy if it's caught, like as you're a kid, and you know, people are more willing to 
make that diagnosis for you and seek out treatment right away and stuff because I don't know, it just seems to be more of a thing. Um, but as an adult woman um, who had like done a halfway decent job masking my symptoms throughout my life, who was functioning like okay enough to be like, you know, in certain rooms and in certain settings, like it just wasn't quite the, the cakewalk. I had to see, um, I think I talked to three or maybe four, four doctors about this. Um, I talked to like my primary care provider, um, who I guess they typically are able to diagnose this, but you know, she said, this is not my, my forte. Um, but if you bring me a diagnosis, I can, you know, I'm happy to medicate you, um, and oversee that medication and stuff. So like, I kind of like had her support, but like, she didn't even have anyone that she could refer me to, I don't think, or maybe she did. I don't remember. Um, this was, I think two, two years ago now, maybe, maybe a year and a half. I don't know. Um, I also had a therapist at the time, so I talked to her about it and she kind of confirmed like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you do have ADHD, but also like, I'm not willing to write that diagnosis for you, but maybe talk to this psychiatrist that I can refer you to. So she referred me to him. Um, there was a little bit of a wait time. Ultimately he was who did that diagnosis for me. Um, but there was a wait list. So I kept like looking around and talking to people, um, also cause I just didn't know what that would be like. And so I talked to, um, I was in college at the time. So I went to like my, my university, they offered like some health services, um, which I didn't typically use, but I thought like, oh, I'm in school. Surely they'll want me to, you know, talk to them about this issue. I think I'm having related to like my schoolwork. This would be great. So I like made an appointment, talked to them, whatever was basically told the same thing of like, oh, um, I'm not willing to diagnose you. Um, sounds like you have it, but because they told me that because um, they were at a university, like they just took the like med medication regulation so seriously that like they weren't even willing to like medicate me unless I had um, like neurological testing to like as part of my diagnosis, um, which I had never even really heard of or thought much about. But it sounds like at least like eight hours of like crazy tests hooked up to machines, very specialized. Um, so there's, you know, really only a few places that do it, really long wait lists. I got put on a wait list. By the way, I never heard back from that wait list. Like I never even got a call. And I think this was, yeah, like two years ago, um, which is wild. That's a whole other thing. But luckily I was able to see that psychiatrist that my therapist referred me to. Um, I think it was like a couple part process. So like first we had like kind of like our first meeting, which was almost like a, you know, a typical kind of therapy interview where, you know, he asked me a lot of questions about my mental health history, um, like what symptoms I was experiencing and like my family history and stuff. So in the, that process, um, you know, a lot of, I, I like, I also have anxiety. So when you have other mental health issues, sometimes it kind of like clouds full picture. It's hard to like really see what's going on. And also because I had this family history of like, you know, certain other disorders like bipolar and stuff, which can also present similarly to ADHD. Like they had to like rule that out essentially. So uh, lots of conversations about that. A lot of like having to talk to people about in my family who were not willing to <laughs> discuss their diagnosis. Like it's crazy. I remember even like asking my, my mom um, these kinds of questions. And then like, I didn't find out until like 
you know, a month ago, she told me that she was diagnosed with ADHD at some point. I'm like, mom, you couldn't have told me that like, whenever I was going through this process and it would have helped like, you know, maybe move this along faster or like corroborate me a little bit more easily. <sighs> it was a whole thing. Um, but after, you know, ruling things out and having that like history interview, um, there was like a crazy long, maybe like a two hour long, like written test, but it was just two hours. It wasn't like a full day of neurological testing. I think it was around two hours. I don't know exactly. Um, and then I think from there, even after having done that, I had to like wait like a month or two to then actually get my results and then bring that to my doctor and start medication. So this was a very long process. Like I think it took around like six months um, to really make something happen, which is so wild. And I know that like that was with me getting a direct referral from a psychiatrist, like from a, from my therapist at the time, like I've heard it, you know, I heard that it can take much longer and it's so unfortunate that this is like the reality of the system that we're in. Um, and I hope you've had easier experiences or will have easier experiences. I'm just sharing mine. Um, oh, and then the last, another, like, I guess, part of that diagnosis is they um, bring in like someone, like a third party who's like, you know, experienced you in your life. Um, and my psychiatrist was asking for someone who would have like, uh, you know, I, I can't think of a better word for witness, but like witnessed me throughout like adolescence and stuff. Um, so because like my family had like moved around so much, like I couldn't really reach out to like old teachers I hadn't seen in years. Um, and like, I only really had like one parent who I was still in contact with at the time, um, who could have like you know, given a good uh, testament to what she saw and stuff. It was, and it was my mom. Um, and what was so challenging with that is like, I, I'm a master, ma ma I was a master masker. <laughs> um, and I didn't have a super great relationship with my mom through that period of my life. Um, so when she was like, yeah, given this, this test to share her experience with me, with me, first of all, like, I just felt so much distrust around that because it felt like everything was in her hands and like, I really didn't want to go to her. It just seemed like the only option. Um, and it's, yeah, just challenging too, because my mom is not someone who, my mom who has ADHD is also not super great at following directions. And she like, yeah, brought her, her husband in who, you know, I think we first met when I was like 15 or 16. So he hadn't really like witnessed me in the age group that they were asking for, but yeah, she like brought him in to like verify her answers and stuff. <clears throat> Um, and basically like a lot of the ADHD symptoms that like, I was actually like, I know I was experiencing really deeply then. And now, um, my mom just wasn't able to say that she saw them at all, which is really challenging. Um, I got really emotional reading that. I'm getting a little emotional now. Um, and she was able to, I think, um, like corroborate like the emotional symptoms of ADHD I was experiencing. It was just like the rest of it that like she just totally didn't see at all, which is kind of like, you know, it's just a little sad that like even my mom didn't notice. Like we're really good maskers, us, us uh, vagina owners. <laughs> um, so once I did have um, my diagnosis, I did go back to my like primary care provider um, who was, who started me on medication. I'm not going to say what medication I'm on just because like, I don't know, that starts to feel more like health advice and you should make these 
decisions with your doctor are not based on like what some podcaster uses and likes, like that should not matter at all. But um, she put me on a stimulant that is like an extended release one. It's like one that lasts throughout the whole day. Their ADHD is also can be treated with short-term stimulants, which lasts more like a few hours at a time that you can use just when you need focus. Um, or there's other like non-stimulant like medication options too, but that's what she put me on. Um, and it was kind of described to me as something because it is a stimulant, like it doesn't, it's not quite the same as like, you know, a depression medication where like it kind of has to like build up in your system for a few weeks to like become effective and then stay there. Um, like it's something that like once you take it, like it's functioning in your system within 30 minutes, you're on a stimulant. Um, so it kind of seemed to me, and you know, she even explained to me as something that like, you know, you don't necessarily have to take every day and that it can, you know, it really, it's a stimulant. So it makes your, your heart and your organs work faster than they usually do. So like it, you know, it might be good for you, for you people to take breaks. I don't know. I was just like reading so much about it and really feeling like fearful of like overdoing it and like causing damage to my body that I was like really adamant about like, I'm going to give my myself my body rest days whenever I don't, you know, quote unquote, have to be taking this, like whenever I'm not like in, in classes or at work or something. Um, so I was just taking it, um, you know, a f- some of the most of the days of the week but not all of them like i think i would be taking like two rest days a week or something um, but for me that just i learned within it pretty quickly that that didn't really work <laughs> like i just experienced so many emotional changes from getting on that and getting off that in such short periods of time that like i really struggled with and it was like i was constantly explaining to like yeah the people i you know, worked with and like people around me that like, oh, sorry, I'm like, you know, emotional right now. I'm just getting back on my ADHD meds. So things are evening out. Or then I'd be explaining, oh, well, I'm just getting off my medication. So I'm feeling a little angsty and stuff. And it was just like, I, I felt like I was, you know, constantly blaming my my mood on my meds because it was being affected by my meds. Um, so I actually, you know, decided that like, oh, fuck this, I'm going to take a little break. So I think I took like um, a month or so where I didn't really take it often. I just took it like a day here or there. Um, it was basically a month off and holy shit, <laughs> things got rough. My house got rough. Um, things got rough at work. I was getting a really, a lot of, you know, feedback about how my ADHD symptoms like the, were like really negatively affecting my team. So that was really tough to hear that like, you know, the, the authentic me, like it wasn't working with, you know, what my job expectations were and socially and things like that. So, um, I ended up getting like back on them full time, which is where I am now. I take my medication daily. Um, it, it just feels like I'm in such a flow with it. Um, and it still is a stimulant. So still like overnight and stuff, like I don't like the stimulant wears off. I go, go back to my, like, quirky impulsiveness and that's usually whenever I'm spending time with my dom is like in the late evenings and stuff and he loves it he gets to you know be around my my noises and stuff um but you know it just with where where I am with my this business and with my job and my life like it has been so beneficial for me to have this medication like honestly, like things are so, so night and day different from where my life was, um, prior to meds. Like it's wild. I am able to actually schedule my life in advance and, you know, go places on time and make really like, you know, a lot of like planning decisions, um, which before just like 
kind of run on the table because I was like always like scrambling from like one thing to the next and just like really stressed about not being able to get my job, like my work done um, just because I didn't want to, (laughs) which I know if you don't have ADHD is like really, it can sound like, I don't know. I can only imagine how it sounds, but if you, you know, have symptoms like this, you know, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) Um, Like the, the motivation and interest really like drives everything. So it's really tough to not have that. Um, and I think another like big part of my life that has changed that over the past year is like, okay, not I have been with a consistent partner, been with my dominant this whole time in like a really stable way. So that has been like a really grounding factor. Like I haven't been like dealing with all these challenges and like, you know, single and dating and going through like, you know, inner like relational drama. Like it's just not a thing. Um, and also like my lifestyle has changed. Like I'm no longer in college and I went to like, I have a degree in design. So my program was really like project heavy. Um, it's a lot like architecture school, but just like I didn't have to take math classes, thank God. Um, so it was a lot of like project-based work. So like you'd have like, I, like my last semester of college, like my whole, like one whole class was just like working on one big project till like a final end date. Um, actually the, the last, like the whole year over two semesters was one like bigger project, but like, you know, like it was just like a, one project over like a month or two. So like when you when you have ADHD, like and you have a really hard time like meeting meeting deadlines in a procrastinating problem that like builds up really quickly when you're no longer talking about procrastinating like a week long paper versus like you're procrastinating like a three month long assignment that all your classmates have poured three months of like really intense effort into. So it's just like things like that. <laughs> um, so being in a job where like, you know, my job is showing up and doing the work while I'm there, like I'm able to be more present in that because I'm doing the work around people. So there's accountability that way. Um, part of my job is remote, though so it's a little different on those days um, because I'm not around people. I just have like meetings and check-ins with people. But because I did get a degree in something I'm really interested in and like I'm working with a company that I'm really motivated to be working for and really am interested in their values like and everything like that it's a lot easier for me to stay engaged and do the thing even though it's you know from a computer at home okay don't know what that little noise was so sorry if you heard it um but yeah that's just the story that's like kind of where I started with ADHD how getting diagnosed and being on meds has been um I'm sure I didn't hit everything so please reach out to me if you want to have a conversation about this like um, you know, I'm always on my Instagram, which is just kinky bestie, kinky with a Y, bestie with an IE. Um, and there's like, yeah, other ways to reach me in the show notes of this podcast. And like I said, like I am going to post a poll there. So if there's a different like platform that you want to use to like keep up with me, that would work better for you than like Instagram and my podcast now, like tell me, I would love to, you know, meet y'all where you are. I'm actually starting to, you know, have a, a strong listener base. So that's really exciting. Um, and yeah, thank you. I just appreciate everything so much. Sorry about the last audio blurb, um, last few weeks, I guess. Um, so yeah, also please send me your microphone recommendations if there's one that you like to use and that's all for, for this episode. Thanks for coming on the journey and I'll see you in the next one. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining me this episode. You can follow the podcast on the platform where you're listening to get updates with new episodes. You can follow me on social media at Kinky Bestie. I'm on Instagram. Um, You can also check the show notes for any links or resources that I talked about in this episode or just more ways to connect with me. And please share this with your kinky friends who could benefit from this type of content. Um, There is also an option for each podcast episode to engage with uh, Q&As or polls. So I'd love to hear from you and create future episodes around what you want to chime in with. So please check those out in the show notes too. And I look forward to hearing from you. Bye.